Brilliant. So seconds out, delighted to be joined by Luke Campbell. Last time we spoke to you, you were kind of enjoying lockdown, if that's the right word, spending more time with the family, having some rare time to chill out as well without the rigours of training. It's a month further down the line now. Are you starting to get a bit kind of frustrated, itchy knuckles, as they say? Um, yeah, I'm certainly, I'm certainly missing boxing and... You know, that's my job. It's what I do. It's my it's it's my livelihood. Um, you know, and it feels like I'm just sitting waiting until I can return. You know, I'm I'm waiting at the bus stop to catch the bus, and it's not coming. But you know, like I said, like again, I'll say on, on the other on the other side of things, I'm at home and I'm I'm enjoying family time. Literally, out from the age of 15 years old, I've been going away. Uh, all over the world competing in training camps and everything like that. So this is the longest period I've had at home for a long time. So I am enjoying that aspect of things. But then on the other side of things, I just, I'm excited to get back into the boxing ring and, and start training camp and fighting again. How, how old are your boys now, uh, Lincoln and Leah? But one that is 10 in a couple of days' time and the other one's seven. So good ages so then and stuff you can do with them at home, like playing in the garden and all that sort of thing. Oh, yeah, literally, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've just got back off a bike ride now. <laughs> so I was worried if I was out, I didn't have a, a signal. <laughs> so we got on pretty sharpish. Oh, well, I'm so, you have to tell the boys I'm sorry for uh, cutting their bike ride short. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> um, they don't like exercise. <laughs> I'm sure that will change. Um, have you had any, any indication of when you might be coming back? Like, which of the shows that are being planned by Matchroom you might be on? Um, I'm not sure, really, because there's no certainty to anything at the moment. Um, I think as soon as they get a clear picture in knowing exactly what's going on and what, what can happen, then, you know, I'm sure they'll let, let me know. I mean... Eddie's I've spoken to Eddie a few times now during lockdown and and obviously my fight was was one of the first that got cancelled due to COVID. Um so he did say that I would be I would be out as soon as as soon as he can make it possible. So um yeah, it's, it lies with, with them really. But I know that the fight in my corner and they want me out as, as much as myself. What's the latest news with the WBC situation? I know last time we spoke to you, you were quite bullish about it. And WBC have been pretty quiet in the last few weeks. Do you know exactly what's going on? Um, I have no idea, to be honest with you. Uh, I'm not sure. And like during lockdown, it it just, it, I, I'm literally not bothered what, what happens or I just want to get out there and compete and fight, entertain the crowd. And keep moving forward and, and and getting better. So that's the only thing that's on my mind right now is winning. Just getting back in the ring and winning, no matter who it's against or what it's for. There's been a lot of kind of uh, mockery on social media about Devin Haney getting that WBC belt apparently twice now without fighting for it. What what do you make of that whole issue? You know, it's some some fighters can get it that way and some fighters have to do it a harder route I think everybody's on a different path in life um, but certainly um, I, I wouldn't like it that way personally you know when I fight for a world title I want everybody to know who I am 
to start with. And then when I won a world title, I want people to know that, oh, well, he's, he's, he fought well for that. He, he well deserved it. And he is a, a true champion. So, you know, it's as much as what we're all doing boxing for, it's, you know, it's the respect of the the fans is is so important to myself. Yeah, I mean, it must be frustrating for you, especially because you've had two world title shots against arguably two of the best lightweights of your generation. Yeah, and, you know, on, on, <laughs> I keep saying it every time, but, you know, I still thought I nicked that first fight with Linares, but he got the decision. It was in his back garden on his turf, so he walked away on the split decision. But, yeah, um, my time will come. I guess it won't my time right then, and, you know, my time's still to come. Speaking of Linares, it's looking like he's on a collision course with Ryan Garcia. What do you make of that fight? Is it one that where it's all about timing, that it's maybe not the Linares that you fought anymore? Um, he's still a very good fighter. He's still a dangerous fighter. He's still um, a warrior and a, a three-weight world champion. Um, no one can ever take that away from him. Is he still the Linares that I fought? No. I doubt it, but who knows? Who knows? He he did fantastic in his last fight. Uh, he got a great uh, KO victory. So who knows? He's a dangerous opponent. Um, and I I'm, I maybe just think that Garcia is just saying our names to, you know, to build fights for the future. But I can't see him stepping up and taking Linares right now. You gave Lomachenko one of his toughest fights, certainly outside of the only defeat on his record. What do you make of his, I can't call it a unification fight anymore, of course, but his fight with Teofimo Lopez? Well, I'll call it unification, but not undisputed. Yeah, very. it's, it's a very exciting fight. Um, it's certainly a fight that I will be tuning in to watch, or if not being there, depending on the circumstances and rules and regulations of what's going on in the world. But... Um, yeah, I mean, I've been in the ring with both guys. You know, I've I've done a lot of sparring with Lopez. Obviously, as you know, I've been in the ring with Lemachenko. So, I know them both. I think it'll be a great fight. How long ago was it that you sparred with Lopez and, and what did you make of him? Probably a couple of years ago now. A couple of years ago. Yeah, he's a good fighter. He has skill. Um, you know, he's, 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 he's gotten... He's got to be a world champion quicker than what I had, you know, so he's, he's certainly a, a a top fighter. Do you resent that a little bit when you see other fighters getting certain shots where you feel you'd have won that one? Like, for example, you feel you Nick Nilares, Lomachenko, one of the best fighters pound for pound in the world. You probably yeah. feel like if you'd have fought Richard Comey on that night, as Lopez did, you'd have got the job done. So is there a bit of frustration there? Um... I, I don't resent anything. Um, yes, there could be frustration, but in, in myself. But you know, this is this is the world we live in. I, everything's not not straightforward. Everything's not how you want it to be. But I certainly, I'm not resentful. I'm certainly frustrated um, because I look at my position now, and I sometimes think me winning the getting that decision over Linares, which I thought would have been fair. Um, and then I was due to box the Russian for the WBC who was ranked, me and him was ranked one and two. So I should have really fought a Russian guy for the WBC. 
and not Lemachenko. So if I looked at it like that, I could I could look at it. It's like, yeah, I could already be two-time world champion by now. But listen, I'm not. But like I say, I'm not resentful for that. I can be a little bit frustrated with that. That's that's only natural. It's human to, to, to be frustrated. But, you know, I'm still in love with the sport. I still love what I do. And I'm still striving to be the best and to get to the top. Eddie Hearn said a lot recently that with the travel restrictions in place and the lack of fans for the moment in the UK fights, there might be more um, Brit versus Brit domestic clashes. Is there anyone out there in and around your weight that would interest you from a domestic perspective? Um, I'm not sure, to be honest. I've never really thought about it, but I'm open for any for any of them. I really am. I'm open for any anyone. Now, this is this is my time now, uh, I believe, and it's my time to shine and I want to go out there and show everybody how, how good I really am. Looking back at the performance against Lemachenko, I know I can be a lot better than that. So I know if I can be a lot better than I was on that night, what what else could I do against someone like Lemachenko? You know, I'd love to, the opportunity to go against him uh, in the future because I really feel like I can I can get that turned over and I can get a win there. But listen, that's that's not in my sights just yet, but. I really want to go get any any of them will do me. And you've had obviously a bit of time with Shane McGuigan now. It's been kind of temporarily on pause because of the lockdown. But there's certain yeah. things you guys were working on that you're still able to work on on your own. Um, yeah, you know, I speak to Shane regularly still in lockdown. Um, you know, talk about what what I've been doing in training. Um, it's hard for a lot of fighters, obviously, in lockdown, what they're, what's available to them. Um, but, you know, we're, we're doing our best and I tell him what training I'm doing and if he says change this or do that, then I'll, I'll, I'll do what he tells me to do. Um, but, yeah, we're in a fantastic... We're training really good just before lockdown. Um, you know, I was flying in the last camp. Best I've ever felt. It's weird, like, obviously, I'm, I'm getting older but I feel like I'm still becoming a better athlete and a better boxer um, the older I get. So it's exciting. really is. It must be difficult in a way because obviously your training facilities are based at the University of Kent, whereas if you had yes. a private gym, it might be easier to reopen it quite soon. But because it's more of a public gym, I guess that's got other restrictions involved. Well, the boxing gym is private. Um, yeah, so we're lucky in that aspect. Um, obviously... The other gym in the university where we'll be doing strength conditioning um, and circuits and things like that, that's the public gym. But we don't really need that type of stuff. We can do that stuff anywhere. Um, but the boxing gym, luckily enough, is private. So we can have one-on-one -on -one lessons in there as soon as we're allowed to, really. So I know Shane's working his very best to, to get that started and to get us back into training camp. And just before we let you go, what would you say to fans out there who are really keen to see you, you know, ascend that final step and get that world title? Is it just kind of be patient? It's going to happen soon? Yeah, just keep tuning in to me. Keep watching and you're going to see it all happen. And um, I'm going to give you a great night of entertainment at the same time. Brilliant. Well, I really appreciate your time. I'm going to let you go and enjoy the lovely sunny day and uh, see you soon, hopefully in person. Yeah, look forward to that. Take nice one. Thanks for that. All right. Speak to you soon. Cheers. Bye bye. Bye.
The Winker Bank is legendary when you look back at it today. But in those days when you were, you were first starting out, maybe not quite so well known, but, but the heart of it was Brendan Ingle. Mm. Just how big a, an influence was he on, on, well, not so much your career, but your entire life, really? Brendan Ingle, an amazing man. Uh, it's two years this year uh, that Brendan passed away. Uh, an amazing guy. Where's that coming from? Wait a minute. Where's that coming from? Right, sorry, Hen. an amazing guy uh, two years away two years away he passed away but as a youngster a great influence this guy was so smart <clears throat> our gym wouldn't be our gym if it wasn't for him he spent time on kids that he didn't have to uh, he spent time on developing not to be champions not to be fighters but to be um, to be young men um, I'll always have utmost respect for him. Fast forward to January 1990. You got the opportunity to fight for the world title for the first time, the WBC, Carlos de Leon. Sheffield City Hall as well. And you end up coming away with what was, let's be fair, a bit of a stinker of a draw. And you got absolutely pilloried, didn't you? I came away with more than the bargain for. And I think going into that, Brendan, and he kept saying it to me being before that fight, you haven't got the confidence to match your ability, but it'll come. This is going to be an experience for you uh, that'll make or break you, that will change your life. I didn't quite understand what he was saying, and um, an amazing foresight. So when it came to that De Leon fight, and obviously it was a border, when I got in the ring, I froze, I looked and I thought, you know, these people are expecting me to, to pull this off. I didn't have the confidence. And if I'd have won the fight, I'd probably lost it in the next one. I was a boy in a man's body. And I can remember Brendan pleading with me, shouting, screaming at me, come on, Johnny, get on with it. He was trying everything to crack that knot to get inside me. Uh, in my head, it just didn't work. I brought shame on the gym. I, sh I brought shame on Sheffield boxing. I brought shame on boxing here for the UK because people thought, is that how Brits fight? And he said, you've got to stick at it. The penny will drop stick at it, ignore the haters, ignore them, you've got to stick at it because it will affect every aspect of your life. How hard was it to do that though? Because you were getting abused on the street, you were getting people in restaurants shouting at you, you were getting cartoonists making cartoons in local papers about yeah. you, about that fight. And you, how the hell did you deal with that? Phrase it was in national papers um, and, and it was hard, it was horrible. It was, it was dark uh, to the point where there's been two dark times in my life, and one was that night, and one was the night when uh, I had to retire. So, so that night there was the first night I, I saw the, the, the good and bad of human nature. I saw how people can be so fickle, so cruel, um, so, so condescending, so uh, inconsiderate. And, but I was a boy and didn't understand how to deal with it. The hardest thing was, was to bite your lip. And I'm the kind of kid, if I, might, if I get upset or angry, I start to cry, so I'm thinking, stay away from them, Johnny, because they're going to think that you, you've, you've bubbled, you're going to think that you're scared of them. But I was getting it everywhere. I didn't come out of my house. And, I, and I've said it before, and I've got to word it right. Uh, and if I was, um, so I think this is the right wording. If I 
if I was a if I was a weak man, I would have um, I would have. I'm trying to think. No, if I was a strong man, I would have, I would have ended it. The reason why I say that is because it was horrible. You were getting it everywhere. It's the worst. So I I I was weak. You know, and so I didn't have the bottle to do that. I didn't have the bottle or the guts. You know, and that's what I'm saying. Now, so when people do this, they are—they've got to be very strong, very very focused. They've got to be very on it. It doesn't make them cowards. They've got to be quite the opposite. And uh, and I was—I was too scared. You know, I just thought, and then I, I thought about all the the consequences of the people that are around me, and I thought about upsetting the likes of Brendan or or my mum my uh, and my brothers and brothers and sister, and. I just locked myself away. Uh, I went from my house to the gym, my house to the gym. The only people I spoke to was my, my, my mum, my dad, my brothers and sisters, and Brendan, house to gym. This went on for about six months. As time went on, um, he did some really unorthodox things, and I tell the story about, uh, he put an advert in the local newspaper. It's for the sparring session. 750 um, quid to spend yeah. a week with Johnny in the spa, sorry sessions. Johnny Nelson uh, wants to thank the the, uh, the the Sheffield public, which I didn't, wants to thank the Sheffield public for their support in his in, in his uh, uh, his draw to Carlos de Leon for the WBC title. He now reaches out and asks for one more, uh, for the help of you to uh, basically, he, he wants a sparring partner, he'll pay £750 for anybody that can help him prepare for his next fight. Brendan told me about this on the Friday. And I thought, it's another one of Brendan's brain ideas. Oh, all right, no problem. This went in the Sheffield Star on the Saturday. On the, I, and I still didn't see it. You know, I just paid no attention. I just didn't want to read no papers. I didn't want to read no magazines to say good thing or bad things, bad things about you. I just think you don't know me. Um, on the Sunday morning, I went to the gym. The door, the first door, boom, hit somebody. I thought, what's happening here? Because the street was packed out. There's a church across the road, and I thought there must be a, a service on. The gym, and I walked in the gym, the door hit somebody. I walked in, it was packed out. And I'm like, what's going on here? I went up to Brendan and said to Brendan, what's going on, Brendan? Who's coming? And he said, did you not see the article in the paper? <laughs> and I'm like, what? He said, they've come for you. They've come for the money. So straight away, I turned into that little boy again that's so angry that wants to cry because all these people are there. To, to thinking they can beat me up. And I'm like, you dogs. Bottom lip starts to go. He said, fix yourself up, go and get changed. Get, in, get over there and get changed. So I went to the other side of the ring. I'm getting changed. <laughs> and uh, Brendan got in the ring, as he got in the ring, he opened an envelope and pulled three white feathers out of this envelope. He said, does anybody know what this stands for? Great at holding an audience. And some guy said, when you're in the Foreign Legion, they, they, what they give you when you're a coward. He said, correct. He said, I've been getting these letters every week since Johnny Nelson bought Carlos de Leon. Um, and can the man who wrote this letter come and read the letter for us? And I'm like, I'm actually here, you know, I'm here. I can hear it all, I'm in the room. I thought, Brennan, what are you doing? This guy, dressed like Rambo, Tie head on, vest on, army trousers, army boots. He said, me. He said, we saw the fight. Uh, my missus said, he's rubbish him. We need a three-piece suite. Go down and get that money. So I've come down for the money. 
And Brendan said, do you understand what you've got to do? He said, yeah, I've got a spa with him for, uh, for a week, 750 quid, yeah? And Brendan said, do you understand what you're getting into? He said, yeah, he's rubbish, I've seen him. He's ashamed, I'm ashamed of him. I'm, no, I'm ashamed to say I'm from Sheffield. He's saying this in front of me whilst I'm lacing up my boots. Now I'm like, ooh, ooh. <laughs> Now, so, so I'm, stuck with, I'm stuck because I'm thinking, Johnny, get, pull yourself together and batter this fella. Uh, Brendan said, come on up. And everybody's like, ooh, he's gonna kick off here. I am so angry. And even out of all that, and Brendan sees that his, his boy, me, is so hurt, so heartbroken, so, uh, in a state, when I got in the ring, he pulled me over to the corner and he said, you behave yourself. He said, just slip around, make him see how good you are, let him miss the shots, do not hit him. In my head, I'm thinking, I'm going to batter him. So I went, all right, Bryn. I thought, but he's just straight over. Off you go. So now, in my head, I'm thinking, right, do I knock him out? If I knock him out, he's going to be out cold, he can't feel a thing. I've got to hurt him so he's in pain. Because this guy was like... I've never, I've never been so hurt by, by, by what someone could say. More than any, any racial abuse, it was just, it was personal. It really hurt. So I thought, I'm just gonna, I'll let him in his throat. <laughs> I'll swallow his gum shield. I know it's bad. And, uh, and this guy came to rush in, but he put his head down as I went to hit him in his throat. And I hit him on the forehead. Whoa, whoa, he went down on the floor. Whoa, wait, 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 wait. I'm not come for this. And I'm like, get up. Well, what did he come for then? Exactly, I'm like, get up. I'm mad now. Brennan said, just stay down, have a rest. I said, no, Brennan, let him get up. No, stay down. So Brennan knows he's going to get done. And so the guy, as he's up and he looked up, he pulled one glove off and jumped out of the ring and pulled even one off. So I ran after him and Brennan, Brennan shout, shut the door, do not let Johnny Nelson out of here. <laughs> Fella shot off. He shot off. I was so angry and then all these people that had said hello to coming in the, into the gym they've obviously come for the money so now i'm really excuse my french off so i thought all right we'll find out come on let's get in about three people got in they all didn't last around and all the like jamie said oh johnny just come to watch me and i thought you dog and I, I just i had to learn a harsh lesson that people people never be surprised by human nature and and whatever my opinion is, or whatever I think you're thinking, that's you. My, the most important in, person in this world is me. So I've got to sort myself out. I can't worry about what you're thinking, if you like me or if you don't like me, if you think I'm an idiot or not. I've got to think about me. Because once I, I'm consumed about what you think of me, then, then I'm living your life. I'm living, I'm doing exactly what you want. I've got to be indifferent. I can't hate you. I can't love you. I've just got to be indifferent and think everybody's entitled to an opinion. So slowly but surely, I had to learn a harsh lesson how to deal with people, human nature. Things have changed so, so much. Guys, and, you know, we, we all have, 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 have issues. Guys are the worst. We're our own worst enemy because we don't talk. We think it's, it means we're weak. But now, because of the likes of Tyson Fury, because of the likes of Ricky Hatton, because people are now speaking out, even because of this, you know, sometimes I get a bit embarrassed, like getting a bit emotional, choked up about Brendan. I don't anymore because I loved him. He was a good man. So I've got no shame in, I've got no shame in saying that, you know what, I nearly, I nearly took my own life because I was that, in that much despair but really, really, I probably didn't, but I probably thought I was going to. 
I was that weak, I was that low. But the more I spoke about it, the more I understand it. But, but the more it's inspiring other people to speak. Because when you speak up, when the words come out of your mouth, then all of a sudden you can start to understand and think, well, actually, but if you keep them there and you don't share them with anybody, you know, that will, that will drive you insane. That will, it's called looping. You will loop over it over and over again and it will do your head in. Our sport is supposed to be almost one of those macho sports where we're not supposed to be weak. We're not supposed to, to cry. You know, if I, I'm a former world champion, defended it 13 times, I've set a Guinness Book of Records. If I can tell you about my vulnerabilities and how weak I felt, if Tyson Fury, the heavyweight champion of the world, can tell you his story about how dark he felt, it doesn't make you any less of a man if you tell your story. Because I'm basically saying to you, speak up. And, and, and to me, it's, it's, it's the most important thing because I've seen so many lives wasted. I've seen so many ex-fighters end up in hospitals. Uh, end up in, in a bad situation because they didn't speak up. But now, because of the likes of, of Tyson, because of the likes of Ricky Hatton and many other fighters, uh, now all of a sudden people are thinking, well, actually, don't make me any less of a man. Don't let me make me any less of a woman. You know, once you can speak and, and start opening your mouth, somebody will, you will come across somebody that be, will be your Brendan. And once that, you find that Brendan, that person will be, no matter for, for five minutes or for life, will be that, that key person that makes you understand, you know what, maybe you've got it wrong. Maybe you should look at it differently. And, and, and don't be offended or upset when you speak to people and, and they don't understand. They just don't understand. They're not being rude, uh, mean or spiteful. They just don't understand. Speak to somebody else. You'll, you'll know who that person is. Because that person will have a, a self, a selfless, a selfless attitude when they're speaking to you, because they they, they don't benefit from from helping you, and so then you all of a sudden you think, you know what, issue, you're my Brendan. Fuori back on Behind the Gloves with another news update keeping you guys up to date with all things combat. Now, one of the fight, one of the biggest fights of the year that we've already had. We were ready for a trilogy for it. Tyson Fury versus Deontay Wilder 3. Um, <clears throat> the original talks were that that fight was going to take place in July. Obviously, with the COVID situation, it got moved to uh, later on in the year. I think it was October. They were talking about the possible date for that fight. And uh, we thought it might be taking place in Las Vegas again. There was talks of the new Raiders Stadium being uh, the the spot to hold that fight and what an event that would have been. Um, but it looks like the location has changed. This is an article I've taken <clears throat> from Talk Spot. A Fury's co-promoter Bob Arum revealed on Talk Sports Fight Night that options are being explored to hold it in a different location. Um, Aram said we are looking elsewhere at places where they've had very little coronavirus where it is not considered to be a problem. We are exploring the possible of Macau, China and also a big venue in Australia which seems to have the coronavirus under control. 
Our goal from Fury's standpoint and Wilder's standpoint is to get that fight on in the fourth quarter before the end of the year. So the idea is obviously to try get a, a location where the coronavirus hasn't uh, sort of affected the area as much as other places. We know that in America is well the most worst affected country uh, in the world with the cases and the deaths being uh, at the highest of them all. So you could see the sort of consideration there. Uh, what, where would you want to see it taking place? Uh, where would the fight fans rather see it taking place? Uh, out of them two options, you've got Macau, China and in, in Australia. Uh, both very um, different options. You don't really get to see many fights out of those uh, sides and many big fights anyway. Uh, so yeah, let us know in the comment section below. And also, who's going to win that third fight, the trilogy? Uh, will Fury dominate once again or will Wilder adapt to the situation and, and pull out the victory? Yeah, so make sure to subscribe to our channel and I'll catch you on the next update. Hey, Fight Fans, it's Michelle Joy Phelps. If you haven't already subscribed to my YouTube channel, make sure you go ahead and do so by clicking this icon right here and hit the bell button so you can get notified every time we upload a new video. And we also have a free app available on iTunes and Google Play. So make sure you go ahead and download that. Bye, Fight Fans. I'm always ready. You know I am. I'm lights out, baby. All day, every day. Talking of lights, there's a glare in the back there. I don't know if you could somehow face away from the light there. Right. Let's roll. This oh, by, by, oh, yeah, by the way, we have three minutes. Okay. Three minutes. All right, let's go. Great. It's done. This is Coogan Cassius for IFL TV in association with MTK Global. Absolutely delighted to be joined by the one and only Mr. James Lights Out, Tony. Yeah, How are you? Yeah. Long time. What's that, baby? Everything good? Everything good. I haven't seen you for a long time since you fought in prize fighter in England. Man, I was chilling, relaxing, you know, just doing, just doing James Tony. Having fun, smoking cigars, and you know, just, just kick it back, baby. That's, how, that's what I do, kick it back. Uh, we'll come on to that in a second, but how's life at the moment? Are you in lockdown, James? What's what's the situation where you are? Yeah, we're here, here. I'm in LA. Everything's locked down until August of the 15th. Until August 15th. Or July, July 20th, something like that. But everybody's in the house chilling. But you know me, I'm, I'm, I'm James Tony. I'm going to do me. I'm going to try to get in the gym somehow and work out. James, you released the video on your social media not too long ago, um, basically putting yourself out to, to returning to the ring. Can you talk to me about that and why you decided to do I, that? I never put, you know, oh, 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 oh. listen, they called me out, I was just responding. Okay. I was just bonding. I have no pressure. If they want they can. And that's motivation for me. They can't get it. I was just relaxing. I heard somebody say, James, especially recently, if I hold field, say, I'm lucky and all that. If I got lucky, man, come on, please. You make yourself look bad saying that. What do you think about Mike Tyson and also Evander Holyfield? 
obviously they're putting out clips of them training every day. They're saying that they're going to come back. What do you think about that, first of all? Oh, I love it. I, I said, the older, we, the older we get, the better we get. In some cases, my says yes, Evander's no. You know what I'm saying? But, um, I mean, it was a good thing for Mike to come back. He should have came. He should have never retired in the first place, but it was a little happy for him. Evander, he said, as, as a parent, he's still salty at me before I knock him out. But like I said, I will do again if he wanted. It'll be short, it'll be faster this time. So you had your last professional fight three years ago, James, over a nearly a 30-year career. But what would it take for you now to actually make this a reality and, and, and come back? What would it take? Sorry about that. Sorry about that. That's all right. Yeah, what would it take for you to, to come back now? What would it take? Would it take the right uh, fight? Hey, if Holfield, Tyson, Jamie's, I don't care. Whoever wanted, they can get it. You know what I'm saying? But the money's going to be right. The problem is not going to be no 100000 not going to be 200000 It's going to be over six figures. It would have to be over six figures for you to consider it. Yes. And if, if it happens, if it's six figures, if it's six or seven figures, the ass is knocked out. I promise you. You obviously have already defeated Evander Holyfield uh, back Easy. in 2003. Is that the most realistic fight for you if 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 it was to happen? Any fight, any fight is realistic for me. The big question is, is can it get ready for me? I don't want about, I don't want about nobody. When I fight, when I travel, I don't want about nobody. You either put up or you shut up. What would you say to those people that don't agree with yourself and, and, Jay, and Evander Holyfield and Tyson and Shannon Briggs... Uh, doing this and coming back. What, what would you say to those people that don't agree with this? Hey, man, just sit back, relax, enjoy the ride, have fun, and we, and we know what we're doing. We're pros. What, what is your take on the current heavyweight scene at the moment? It's terrible. But hey, I think Tyson Fury is the best heavyweight right now. I was wrong at first, and at first I thought it was garbage, but He's proving me wrong. I'm, I'm, mad, I'm mad enough to sit here and say, I'm sorry, I apologize, but yeah, it's a good fight. But he's here, he's, he's the one right now. Uh, Josh went on two, and I don't see nobody else after that. What did you make of Deontay Wilder's defeat three months ago? He got, he got his ass handed to him, he got whooped. And see, I told you, all that bombs, my bullshit, with a phase, you know, anybody, look, I can make my, I, I can make my son 42 and over, 42 and a half, with the, with the pawns they put in front of him. You know what I'm saying? I can, I, I can make you 42 and over, 42 and a half. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's about who you fight and how you fight. You know, you know what I'm saying? He, he, he's not no James Stone. He don't have a seven skill like me and never will. But, hey, all right, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm saying the guy, he got his ass whooped, got hands on him, leave it at that. It'll, it'll, it'll probably happen again. The fight, obviously, that we, we all want to see in that heavyweight division, especially here in the UK, is between Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua. Who wins that fight for you, James? At first, I was told to Joshua. But Joshua was so scared, 
in the rematch against um against Ruiz. I'm saying I'm Tyson Fury, but uh, I say he's the best heavyweight in the world right now. Unless 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 I come back. Those people will say, "What has James Tony still got left to prove? You've accomplished everything." I don't have nothing to prove, but the point is, if you, if, you, if you bring him out, we can't. Obviously, I'm not gonna fight here in the street. I'm gonna get paid for it. So I'm gonna beat your ass in the ring and get a lot of money. You know what I'm saying? To prove everybody who is the best fighter. Period. My man, ah, I'm in England, baby. I love England. The UK. In my home, if I stay home, I love the UK, boy. I'm telling you, beautiful people. Are you coming back to the UK anytime soon? Yeah, I probably be. Um, well, I will. I will be this past March, but unfortunately, the, the virus. But I probably later this year or next year. Early next year. I've been there twice since. Uh, I was there. Oh, 15. Oh, 15. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Oh, 16. Do you remember the interview we done at Prize Fire? Do you remember me interviewing you? Well, well, that, well who? Do you remember me interviewing yeah. you at Prize yeah. Fire? Yes. Yes. It's too wild for me to hear your voice to bring it back. You know what I'm saying? Bringing back the memories. Yeah. Your beard wasn't hey. your beard wasn't as grey as it was then. Yeah, but see, I matured a lot. I matured. It's, it's called maturity. Ah. Hey, look, look, you supposed to be, you supposed to be bald like me. I told you, cut your hair. Remember? Ah, come on, man. Yeah, hey, go bald, baby. Go bald. Hey, if you don't go bald, you will see a fall. <laughs> Okay, well, listen, if um, if Holyfield or Tyson or Briggs are watching this video now, what's the message to them, James? Hey, hey y'all, I ain't tell you something. Shannon, I got your message. I ain't I respond to you. Briggs, you, you, don't, you don't even need to be fighting. You can barely walk. Tyson's a great fighter. Hopefully, you're a great fighter. Hopefully, if you want to get it again, we get it. If Tyson, if you want it, you can get it. Hey, I ain't talking shit. I'm just being real with you. I hate what I hate. When, I hate. when people come at me, when people come at me with things, I just respond. I just, y'all the wrong guy here. I ain't, I, I ain't nobody to play with. You feel me? Be okay. Right. James, I'm not going to take too much of your time. I do appreciate you giving me some time here on IFL. Um, if people, your fans are watching from the UK, uh, what, what's your message to them? I love you guys. UK is the best. London. Oh, my God. I love, I, I love, I love London. Y'all can't keep it. Hey, stay focused. Stay up. And trust me, I'm, if I come back, I'm going to clear all this. I promise you. I'm going to clear all this. Y'all call it the Hillwood Division. Lights out, baby. Every day, all day. Goof, goof, <laughs> James, Tony, thank you very much for your time. Keep yourself safe and your family, and uh, hopefully we get to, uh, at some point, see you in the future. Almost over. I can't wait, man. I love London. I love London. Thank you very much. God bless you, James, Bye. Tony.
Breedy's Doors course, as you said, has been postponed a couple of times. It was going to round off season two because you've had the other two finals already. When was season three due to begin in your mind before all this happened? Well, Breedy's Doors course, just to clarify that. So the first time we postponed it, the second time we just cancelled it okay. because we said we don't know when it's going to happen. We don't know if it's going to happen. We don't know anything right now. Um, you know, we, we, we expect it will happen. We're monitoring the situation the whole time. But how can we rightfully say right now that we can put that final on this year? If there's, imagine we plan it now for October. There's a second spike, and then we, we've got to knock that one as well. So I'd be, I'm not going to sit and lie and say, oh, I can't wait to do the final this and then. I hope we can do the final. And, and, and that's, that's uh, what we fully intend to do. But we are monitoring the situation. That's why we had to cancel it. And we'll see where that's going to be. Will it be still in Riga? Will it be behind closed doors? If I was a betting man, I, I just don't see boxing taking place in front of an audience, uh, a meaningful audience. You might get dribs and drabs, maybe, but a uh, meaningful audience this year. I mean, let me turn it around, Dan. Would you feel comfortable right now going taking uh, taking people you love to a boxing show, closed doors, um, nice, sweaty, hot atmosphere, <laughs> people spitting beer all over you and... Um, you know, you certainly make it sound attractive. Normally, it sounds like a great Friday night out, but <laughs> uh, but it's but it is but it is different times at the moment. And and standing next to someone right now, you know, when you walk down the road, uh, people are swerving. You like got a bad case of body odor, and 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 now, oh yeah, no, but don't worry because at a boxing fight, we'll all stand shoulder to shoulder in a hot atmosphere. Um, you know, of course, of course, yeah, I'm sure everyone's going to be well, well interested in doing that right now. Yeah. It's going to take, it's going to take us time to, to get that back, that feeling. And it's not just about boxing, but imagine going to a club right now, you know, you'd be like, whoa, imagine like being out on the pool, you know, <laughs> you would be like, well, hold on, would you do a Corona check first, you know? Um, <laughs> I mean, with AIDS, at least you had condoms, you know. But, but it's, you know, it's like seriously. Now, how is it going to change the social behaviour of people? Right? It's 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 madness, and and it will come back. I think everyone who says, "Oh, the world will never be the same place," bollocks, bollocks, absolute crap. You don't ask people for for you shake their hands if you've got the flu. Yeah, when you see they've got oh, they're uh, coughing and sneeze, you think, right, mate? Uh, <clears throat> well, uh, I'll lean this way now, <laughs> and that will be the same later on as well. With that, I think you'll get that coming back in. I think you'll have the whole, um, you know, be step for step. Though you won't go straight back into the mosh pit, so to speak. You want to go, you know, onto a nice seat in an arena where maybe there's a seat free next year to start with. I don't know, but it, it, it's, it's going to be bit by bit and get people's confidence back. The same way as we've had it now to get used to wearing masks, walking two metres apart from people. We've had to bounce this way, and now we're going to have to bounce back. But it's gonna—it's not going to from a from a feeling. There's very few people I think is just going to say, "Right, let's go and uh, let's go and rub shoulders and and, and 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 spit beer at each other tomorrow." You know, yeah, not happen, is it? You know, so, bit by bit. So before our world did get turned upside down. Was season three due to start this year? Yeah, I mean, so <laughs> the plan was, and, and we were very far down the line on that, was straight after the final to announce that season three, well, not straight, but let's say three, four weeks after the final, 
we pretty much had locked up uh, the five weights. Don't forget, there's always that process. We we pick up, I pick five weights. We present them then to the board uh, at the WBSS, and um, and then from that point on, we we take the the the, the recommendation of the board, and, and those are the weights we go and do. So we weren't at that stage yet, but we were at the stage of having the five weights. Um, and you know, it's it's it, it, the unfortunate thing is all that work right, is, is not completely down the pan. But it will have to be redone because when we come back, and when that is, I mean, let, let's let's take the timeline that we're all look, sort of looking at: July, August, the big event starting sort of late August, September. I imagine um, with some shows before. I'm being optimistic now a little yeah. bit, but, but but I do think I do think we'll see some big boxing in, in September. This is all based on what's happening at the moment. I'm not yeah. talking if there's a second wave or something. But then we will we'll have big time boxing back in September, so hopefully we can try and get a final done then. And you know, I see season three realistically, and once again, it's not my decision. It will be down to the board to decide that. Its budgets need to be signed off and things like that. But uh, I would guess uh, I would guess in the first quarter of two two of twenty twenty one. You know, it's not realistic to do it before those guys off now. They're not going to wait. For, for us to bring the torch, they're going to have, they want to fight when they get back. So let them fight in September, October. The earliest they can really fight is January, February, March, you know? So around that time, not the, it's not the end of the world. It's not the end of the world. We were looking at changing the calendar anyway, so we wouldn't have pushed back that far. But, um, you know, I think the good thing about the boxing industry, Dan, is that it's not, there's nothing been erased it's been put on pause. Yeah? And when it comes back, I think it's not just an expression, we'll come back bigger and badder than ever, but I think you're going to see some great fights in a very short space of time because, you know, normally when you run a stable and forget the whole industry, which it is now, so it's not just one stable, but if you run a stable, you have your, your cycles on the fighters and you make sure that your stars are on, let's say, you have, let's say you're a big stable, and you have three main stars, right? And those three main stars, you'll always try and keep them a month apart at least, yeah? But they'll have their cycle. Okay, heavyweights normally twice a year, the other one maybe three times a year, but give or take, depends on the person. Uh, Sven Oki used to do it five times a year. But, um, but you, you can plan. The issue now is they're all together. Right, so you know, so we come out the starting blocks. It's not going to be, oh, I'll get back into the cycle, and okay, we can box from September. I'm more than happy to wait till December. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, I'd like to meet that fighter. Um, that's not the fighters' mentality. Whether they're nice or not nice fighters, they all got fighters' mentality. The first thing they want to do is they want to be fighting. You know, right now. Everyone will say, we understand, we accept. The second it comes back, though, <laughs> we understand, we accept, we want to get out. So there's going to be a huge amount of pressure on the promoters. Um, huge. And, 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 and then there's going to be a huge amount of pressure on the broadcasters to deliver the dates. Right now, the broadcasters would love us to come up with every week boxing because it's no other sport. But at that time, sport will be back, you know? <laughs> so it's uh, not really able, we're not going to be able to get 
hundreds of new dates all packed into one month. It doesn't work that way, especially not for OTT platforms. Yeah? Uh, they need to space it out between months. And it's going to be, it's, but it is going to be for the fan yeah, and for the media following it, it's going to be a great time because you're going to see so many back-to-back weekends of amazing fights. You know, I think we're even going to see for the first time, I think we might see packed weekends. So we might see a Friday and a Saturday night. So when you've got, you know, I mean, I'm just thinking, I mean, look, just take the heavyweights in the UK, just alone the UK fights and heavyweight. You've got uh, Uzik Shizora, you've got White Povetkin, Joshua Pulev, you've got Dubois Joyce, um, and those fights, they really all need to happen in September. Yeah, <laughs> September, October. I mean, the Pulev camp, I've heard making crazy, I mean, you read every day a new suggestion on the venue by them. <laughs> so they're making full pressure. All right, I'm sure AJ wants to get out yeah, and get the, the Pulev thing out of the way to move on. Um, I think, you know, Gillian, um, Gillian, he seems to be very, uh, very itchy, and, and uh, you can see him on his social media. He's dying to get back in the ring. I know Povetkin, the first fighter I ever signed. I know him in and out. He'll be, he'll be full on in training somewhere in in, in, uh, in uh, outside of Moscow uh, in his camp. And and you know, same with Uzik. I mean, Uzik, um, we're promoting him in the WBSS. He's one dedicated athlete, you know, he's not going to be, he's not, he definitely won't be, be drinking Coronas and, and, and uh, at the barbecue at the moment. So all these, all these fighters are going to be at the blocks. So um, it's going to be, it's going to be some, some interesting, uh, <laughs> some interesting discussion between fighters and promoters. So, yeah. When you said five weights presented to the board for season three, do you mean you present five and then they come back with three chosen ones? Yeah, or? yeah, it's, it's pretty much. I mean, it's not a it's not set number. Um, yeah, it's like that. I mean, three of them I've said flies, super flies, the female, and it's a catch weight with the lights. I think the middle weights are great at the moment. I think the light heavyweights are super. Um, you know, I think those that's, that's, that's a few more than five, but, but, but those are the ones I was looking at. You know, those ones that we were looking at, they're the ones that I still think are very, and featherweight as well. Um, so, you know, you've got quite a few weights there where, where it could be done. Um, like I said, that won't have changed that much in essence, but you'll have to see what fights get made. I don't expect any fighter not to have fought now and then go into a tournament only, which starts in the beginning of next year. So they're going to have a fight in between. Will people lose? I think the matchups that are going to be made now are going to be very strong because, like I said before, there's really a place for tune-ups. If you're going to get all these names out there, they can't, you know, they can't, uh, they need to, um, they need to, uh, they need to all go out. So you're going to have some strong, strong pairings. It's not going to be, fighters are not going to be able to say, Oh well, whew, I don't fancy that now. No, no, no. I'll, 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 I'd, I'd rather, I'd rather have a tune-up. Not, not going to happen. Not going to happen because there's too many good fighters who've been out who all need to get in, and there's only so many dates. So what's going to happen? They're going to be paired, you know. So it's, it would be silly if, if I think that you know that it'll be the same list of fighters and weights than it was. Uh, in January, February, uh, where it will be in September, October, you know? 
which will September will probably be the time when when we finalise those weights. Welcome back to The Boxing Show. Now, Dillian White has long been waiting his shot to the prestigious WBC belt, now held by Tyson Fury. So Andy Scott caught up with the head of the WBC, Mauricio Suleiman, to find out more. Dillian White has had to wait so long for his shot at the world title. Um, how, how likely is it that he will get his shot uh, in February? Well, he's a mandatory contender. He's the WBC interim champion. And the date that was set for the next mandatory is February uh, 2021. And that's the way it ends right now. Uh, the WBC is going to look at every single weight category with the championships and with the mandatories and every single situation that has to do with each particular situation uh, regarding this pandemic. But uh, Dylan White is a mandatory for February 2021. He beat uh, Robert Hellenius in 2017 in October. I think he became the WBC number one the following month when the rankings were updated, but he still hasn't got a shot at the main champion. It becomes very difficult to convince the, the casual fan um, as to why that is. Uh, being number one does not necessarily mean that you are the mandatory contender. Uh, he's a tremendous fighter. He's very loyal. He's, he has expressed that it's his dream and desire to fight only for the green and gold belt. That, that's been a process. And as I said, I just like to put it behind and concentrate on his status as interim champion and mandatory contender. With Wilder undergoing surgery, I think on the bicep, um, would there be an option to, to mandate Dillian against Tyson Fury and, and, and make that fight now? The date is February 2021. While the rematch with Fury is a contractual situation that they have, that's their own contract, their own situation legally. For the WBC, the mandatory is Dylan White uh, for the time that was stipulated. Interesting there, Dillian. What's your reaction to what Mauricio Sullivan said there? I don't know, man. I, I don't know. I don't know. Marissa Suleiman says a lot of things and don't do a lot of things. I, I don't know, you know. I have no idea what to say. It makes me angry and if it's frustrating that he's saying he's saying one thing, then he's doing another thing. Number one, Tyson Fury refused to fight me in a WBC mandated fight for the WBC Diamond Belt. Secondly, they took my mandatory away and gave Tyson Fury the mandatory position to how to fight Atta Wallin who is a million ranked in the world. It's a joke. Why can't he come back and fight? What's the geezer's name? Tom Schwartz and Arthur well, Willing yeah. or whatever. And then end up being the manager challenge after I've been fighting back-to-back -to -back top 10 contender. They suspend my mandatory position without true cost or proper evidence or anything. I make that. It's a joke. It's a joke. And I don't care whether Tyson Fury or Wilder is contracted. Wilder is injured. So anybody, they should mandate Tyson Fury to fight me as they've done already before. They mandate him to fight me for the diamond belt. Then they took it away. 
But after Tyson Fury refused to fight me, he refused. It wasn't me that refused. I accepted the fight. That was mandate by the WBC. He, he refused to fight me. And then after I'm being punished and they rewarded him for fighting Tom Shorts after being off for three years. It's a joke. It's an absolute joke. I've lost count how many days you have been mandatory now for. I mean, you sound frustrated and that is totally understandable, but how do you manage that frustration? You know what, you know, um, I'm so far in now, what do I do? Do I just abandon my position and move on and go and pursue something else? I just keep pushing forward and just keep encouraging the fans to just keep putting pressure on the people. You know, it's a joke. The boxing world and the fans need to put pressure on Marissa Suleiman to mandate Tyson Fury to fight me, to fight me next, you know? Johnny... Can you understand Dillian's frustrations? I mean, if ever there was a fighter that has earned their shot at a world title, it surely is Dillian White. He's he's never avoided anyone. He's fought everyone that is put in front of him. And he's proved himself time and time again. You know, it's, it's a massive injustice. I think anybody that knows boxing, anybody that loves boxing, anybody has, that has watched this story unfold knows he's, he's, he's not being treated correctly, not being treated right. I've been in exactly the same position when I boxed. I had to wait two years when it, it should have been my turn and watched Carl Thompson box Chris Eubank twice uh, and had to sit by and, and, and wait. It's frustrating, but uh, that is a time where... He, he needs to do what he's doing now, surround himself with a, a good team, make sure he's in camp, ticking over, not overtraining, ticking over, because you can get disillusioned with this sport when, when such an injustice is happening, because that's what it is. What I didn't understand is how can you be number one but not be mandatory? So, 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 so I just, there's a few conflicting things that are being said there. And of course, if, if Wilder's out injured, then, then they say, all right, then step in, step in, uh, step up uh, Dylan White. And it's, it's just... So unfair. It's like a kangaroo court. And, and all that can be done, because the rules are their own, is the pressure of the public, the pressure of the TV, the pressure of Dylan. You know, the, the, you've just got to put them on, on the shameful pressure because it's not right what's happening. Dylan, do you agree? I mean, how can you force the issue? We just have to just... Um, people have to come together in the boxing world and fans and just um, try and you know, put as much pressure on them as we possibly can because I don't think they really care, to be honest, but... You know, um, like, you meant to be a just organization. You know, we've, um, I've done everything. I've done everything. I've keep risking, risking, the, I've been risking the number one position since 2017, I think, you know, <laughs> and I'm still here risking it. I'm here fighting these guys. Pavetkin was number one in WBC, which I'm going to fight. Wilder was meant to fight him. That fight didn't happen. I beat Elenius, I beat Cesaro, I beat this guy, I beat that guy, I beat, I beat in two former world champions. It, 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 it's crazy, it's crazy. What more can I do, you know? I've spent thousands and hundreds of thousands in sanctioning fees. I won every single WBC belt I'm eligible for, apart from the world title. I've won, I, I, I think my first WBC fight was the Brian Minto fight, I think. You know, I know far that all far Dylan, is there anything you would have done differently? Hindsight looking back. Um, I don't know, man. It's hard to say what I'd have done differently. It's hard to say I'd have gone after this organization I've done. But I believe I can be WBC champion. I've always believed I could be WBC champion. And that's what I've been loyal to. And I've put so much into it now. It's a shame. It is a shame. And they need to look at themselves and look at the organization and realize that, listen, 
This guy's done everything we've asked for him and more, you know, and been loyal. That alone in itself should be enough to let him sort, sort it out, you know? What more can John, I say? I've been John. respectful. I've, I went to Mexico. I went out to Mexico to the WBC itself. I went out there. I had a meeting with them. I went to Cancun. You know, I sent one of my representatives to Cancun. We've done everything possible. We've done everything. Johnny, uh, what advice would you give Dillian? I think history will tell its own story here, regardless of, of, of what happens in, with Dylan's career from this point onward. In history, this this will be the biggest conversation of how he was, he was it seems like, kept out of the loop, kept out of the mix. Uh, but again, the only advice I can give him is what Brendan once gave me, just keep ticking over, just keep training, stay focused, stay on point. Do what you do, do what you love doing. He's made boxing, he's made training a lifestyle, not a, a habit. And that's what he's got to do because otherwise, uh, weaker fighters would would drift off and be disillusioned. I've seen there's so many great fighters that I know that never did anything because they were heartbroken and he went and did something else. And if they're stuck at it, guys they beat in the past that went leapfrogged ahead and became world champion, and they're frustrated. So what Dylan's doing is the right thing. He's thinking, right, you were doing it wrong. I'm not going to keep my mouth shut. I'm going to let everybody here scream from the rooftops, but I'm going to make sure I'm ready because when my time comes, I'm going to grab it with both hands. This will be down in history in regards to how long he's waited, the injustice he's had. And if he wins that world title, it would be an, ama an amazing story. I think it's the longest wait for a mandatory title in history, Dylan. You've got a new title. <laughs> Yeah, you know, they need to give me a special title. And then what I don't understand is, what everyone forget is, the WBC mandate me and Tyson Fury to fight for the diamond belt. Tyson Fury pull out the fight, not me. So why am I being punished for that? Has, has, your, um, has your focus changed at all and your motivation? You want that world title shot and it, it hasn't materialised, it hasn't happened, and you keep waiting and waiting and waiting. Does your motivation change? Is it still about the titles? Is it more about the financial side of things? It is, it is about the title because if you become a champion, that's when you truly see the financial side, you know. It's about the world title. The world title brings everything else. It brings the glory, it brings the history, it brings the finance. It's, about the, it's all about the world title. You know, it's not just about finance, it's about winning the world title. That's something that will be with you forever. It's like winning an Olympic gold medal. It's something that stays with you forever, you know, something that stays in the family generation. I'll be the first person in my family that win any form of world title in, in any way, form or um, shape. So, you know, I want to be that guy that 200 years from now, my family say, you know what, my great granddad or whatever I'll be was heavyweight champion of the world, you know? <laughs>